Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Man, what a great morning to be together um, as I get to look out and just see all of you here today. I can't help but to sense there's something special that God is doing in this place today. Um, And I say that not because I'm a pastor and that's the right thing to say, but just uh, as we've been preparing for today and really for this series that we're in, we have loved seeing God draw our hearts into kingdom culture. And that's really what we're talking about here today. And I'm excited to to get into that here in just a moment. But I just want to share a little bit of some kingdom work that God's doing here. Last week, I got to be in the back with our kiddos. We're trying to get some of our pastoral staff to be back and spend some time with our children's ministries and what God's doing back there. And I got to spend the week back there with them. And can I just tell you, we have an incredible children's ministries team. I'm going to say that again. We have an incredible children's ministries team. They are passionate about your kids and your grandkids connecting with God. They do an incredible job week in and week out of creating an environment for them to seek God in, to know Him in. And parents and grandparents, I want to challenge you to have some conversations with your kids or grandkids about what's going on back there with them, because it is beautiful to see what God is doing there. Uh, It's fun to watch our teenagers that are involved a lot in that environment, setting an example for the next generation to come into. And so I just want to give props to Kelly. I don't know. She's probably boogied out of here, didn't she? She disappeared. Kelly's our children's ministries director, and she's put a great team together back there. Uh, I just want you to know how excited I am about what God is doing in that space, because as excited as I am and how much I enjoy this out here um, with adults and young adults in this space, and we want God to transform and change our lives, my greatest prayer is for the next generation that they would experience a move of God in them. Amen? And so it's just so fun to see what God's doing back there. If you want to have some fun one Sunday... Um, it'll stretch you in all kinds of different ways, like physically, spiritually, mentally, all of those. Go back and hang out with the kiddos for a little bit. Um, it is a wonderful time of just seeing what God's doing back there, um, and I'm super grateful that, that we get an opportunity to do that. Really grateful for, for the message that Pastor Zach brought us last week, um, and I'm going to allude to that here in just a second. That was a challenging message from the heart of God for this church. If you did not hear the message last week, I'm challenging you right now, go online and listen to it this week. It is a tremendous word of calling and invitation to us when it comes to allowing the Word of God to be the authority in our lives. In a world that has a lot of uh, wishy-washiness in it, how many of you know that Christians need to stand firmly upon the truth of God's Word and what it provides for us? Amen? Come on, you guys with me this morning? I know it's raining outside, but in here, there is just such an opportunity for us to enjoy what God wants to do in this place. Listen, I had fun in the rain yesterday. I got to go watch Zach's little boy. Kai, how many of you guys know Kai? Come on, he's a le- everybody knows Kai. He played soccer yesterday. Now, you want to have some straight-up fun. Go watch three- and four-year-olds play soccer. Uh, it's been a little while. We've got like 19 to 13-year-olds in our household, so we are far, far removed of that, of that space. It was a blaster yesterday. It was raining. They didn't care a bit. They were out there having fun, chasing a little round ball around. And I'm just telling you, you can, you can see the joy of life in kids as they get to get out and just 
do some fun stuff, even when it's raining. Amen? And so today we get to gather together here. You're warm. You're dry. Everybody say thank you to Jesus. Come on. And there's lots of generations that went before us that created this space for us. But I'm thankful to be in here. But I really believe that there's something that God wants to speak to our hearts this morning. This is a message I've actually been preparing for for some time in our core a value series here. We're talking about the DNA of the kingdom of God, and we're specifically talking about the DNA of this house, this place, this church, this gathering of believers. This church has been here since 1958 when Pastor Bob and Louise uh, heard from God, began and planted this church, and for many, many years now, it has been a part of this community in helping people grow in their relationships with God. Like every church, it has had its ups and downs. Do you know why that is? Because there's people in it. Come on now. And we're just the next iteration of that. But God has something special that He is doing in this day and age. And I believe in this time that we want to capture and we want our hearts to wrap around. Because how many of you know that we're seeing some crazy stuff in the world which is setting the stage for a move of God? And I'm believing for that in my generation. I'm believing that for you and your family and your kids and our city because I see the signs of it all around us in the world that we live in today. And so as we're talking about this DNA series, really what we're inviting God to do is to transform the way that we think and the way that we look at the world that we live in so that we can live with intentionality and purpose. Amen? To not just get wrapped up around the craziness around us, but to have our hearts set on God is doing something special in this time, and we want to be right on the front edge of what He's doing. And here's what we know about God and His kingdom. It has a very specific DNA, a very specific thing that He he is doing to prepare a people to carry a work of God. And so we want to be that church and we want to be that people. Um, I was super excited to listen to my wife's message a few weeks ago. If you weren't here for that, shame on you. I'm kidding. You're not supposed to do that. I'm just telling you, she brought us a word around the love of God that, um, well, you should go back and listen to it if you weren't here. And I believe that God has set a really incredible stage for us as we now step into these next four values that we have together as a church. I mean, the things that God's building in our church culture. And and so here's what I want you to do today. I want you to ask yourself this question, God, what do you want me to know today? Okay, I'm just going to give you a moment. This is a conversation between you, you and God. Maybe you're new here. Maybe you've never had a conversation before with God. I just want you to know he's just listening and would love to have a conversation. I just want you to pause for a moment and say, God, what do you want me to know today? What are you speaking to me? What do you want to reveal to me? What do you want to change in me, God? What do you want me to know today? Father, we, we're here. And God, we're grateful for just the beauty of this day, for the freshness of the rain. God, for your word that is alive and active. And God, today we pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts, Lord, and that we would respond to what you're speaking to us today. God, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but God, that we would be those that take it into our life and apply it to the way that we live. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the things that Zach drove home to us last week was this reality of Jesus' first message, his primary message that he was preaching when he came to this earth was not one of love and goodwill. Not one of just excitement and joy and the overthrowing of the Roman government or any of those things. 
Jesus' primary message to the people that he was coming to present this good news of the gospel to was a word that most of us don't like to hear and oftentimes have some messed up thinking around. I want to just present it to you this morning on the front end of this, of, of this message because I want our hearts to begin to slowly understand that the culture of the kingdom of heaven is probably different than a lot of the things you've either been preached at before or even some of the mindsets that we've lived in, okay? And the only way that we change those mindsets is by this word that Zach presented to us last week that I want to call you to this morning. It's called repentance. And oftentimes when we think of repentance, we think of, I screwed up, God's mad at me, therefore I, I'm, I'm in trouble, and I just, I've got to do something. Can I just tell you, that is not a biblical understanding of the word repentance. When Jesus came and began to preach, his, again, his, his message was not, not just the factor of, of that God is good and all of these. His word that he brought to humanity was repent and turn. Repent and and turn. Now, oftentimes when I say those words, I can see the look on some of your guys' faces. You guys are thinking about the guy in the street corner that's screaming at people with a sign and telling them if they don't turn, they're going to burn, right? Anybody have that picture in their mind? Like, we've seen that. We've heard that. And how many of you know that that's probably not the most accurate picture of what Jesus was calling to people in repentance? Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to call people to repentance. I just think we need to have the right framework around our thought process when it comes to repentance. So I'm going to help you with repentance this morning. You guys ready? Lady, you ready? I told her we had coffee this week, and I told her I was going to call her out a little bit, but you're okay, right? You survived? Now she won't look at me. <laughs> okay, repentance. For those of you that are taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. For those of you that are not taking notes, you should be taking notes because this is important. Come on now. Repentance. Repentance in the Bible is the word metanoia, and the word metanoia simply means this, to change the way that you think about the way that you think. In other words, you and I have some messed up ways of thinking. Anybody on that train? Okay, I'm there. I'm there with you. We have some messed up ways of thinking, and so what Jesus did was he came to teach people about the kingdom of God, and he said, listen, you've got to repent, You think you know about the kingdom of God, or you think you know the right ways to live. You think you know the right things to do. But Jesus is saying, listen, I need to to show you what the kingdom of God is really about. It's different than what you think. And in order for you to experience the kingdom of God, you have to repent. We have to go through the process of saying, God, my idea about this thing is not your idea about it. Therefore, you are God. I am not. Your way of thinking about it is better than mine. That's repentance right there. And then what we do is we begin to turn or change the way that we're living in accordance with a new way of thinking. You guys with me this morning? So that's repentance. That's the simplicity of repentance. Now, repentance sometimes is this place in our life where we have sinned, where we have chosen our way over God's way. And because of that, we will come before God in humility and repentance and say, God, I'm wrong would you forgive me? That is a place of repentance as well. And oftentimes, for those of us who have been walking with the Lord for any time in our life, oftentimes that is accompanied by some tears. Why? Because we recognize that the sin of our life is what hung Jesus on the cross. You with me? And so out of that place of love for Him and thankfulness for what He's done in our life, when we repent of our sin, it oftentimes brings us into this place of humility and brokenness before God, which is right. 
But as we continue on in our journey, as we continue on our walk with the Lord, the Lord is constantly calling us to a place of repentance. And I want to stand before you this morning and repent to you for not calling you to repentance more. Do you hear me? This morning, I stand before you as a pastor and a leader, and this is one of the things that I look across the body of Christ. And here's what I see us not doing enough in the church is calling people to a place of repentance, of saying, hey, maybe the way that we've approached parenting or being a spouse, or maybe the way that we've approached Christianity and following Jesus is not exactly what we see in, Bible, in the Bible. And my responsibility as a pastor and leader is to show you His goodness, to show you His kindness, to show you His faithfulness, because the Word of God tells us it's His kindness that will lead you and I to repentance. I don't know about you, but i got some stuff in here that needs change. I, need, I have some repentance that needs to take place in the way that I think, and that is our day-to-day walk with the Lord. And we just need to be a people who are really comfortable with repentance. Sometimes repentance is coming to the altar and saying, God, here I am. I need you to wash and cleanse me. Sometimes it's in your devotions in the morning or driving in your car through the day and you just recognize, man, I got a messed up way of thinking about this. And we go before God and we say, God, would you change the way that I'm thinking? That's repentance. And so today we want to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do whatever he wants in our lives. We want to invite him into the place in our hearts and minds to say, God, there's some stuff that I think about, that I think on, that don't align with your character and who you are. And so, God, I I repent today. And so today we're going to take that journey because we're talking about the core values of really who we are as a church, but we're really talking about the core values of the kingdom of God. What we're talking about is, is what God desires for his kingdom and his people to look like. And so I just want to refresh you on this. As Jesus followers, as Christians, those of you that are here today, many of us would call ourselves Jesus followers. Here's, Here's the mission that we are on. We are Jesus followers on Jesus' mission everywhere. I want you to think about that phrase right there for you and for your life. If you call yourself a Christian, here's what it looks like. It simply looks like to be a Jesus follower. It means we're following him in the way that he does things and the things that he did. And where do we find that information at? The Bible. Yeah, that, the, the Bible. Yeah. Uh, we find that in the Bible. If you were wondering, good, you know now. Like, so, Tim, you say that we're Jesus followers and follow. How do we do that? Well, we look at Scripture and we do what Jesus did. That's following him, right? The other promise that we have is that when Jesus left this earth, he looked at his disciples and he spoke over us. He said, I just want you to know I'm going to be with you always, even to the end of the age. So you're never alone. So Jesus, as we follow him, we are Jesus followers on Jesus' missions. What was Jesus' mission? Jesus told us exactly what the mission of the kingdom of heaven was. It's not complicated. To love God and to love people with all that we are and all that we have. That's why we're here. So Jesus' way of doing that was expressed in a lot of different things. He healed the sick. He taught about truth. He invited people into fellowship and communion with Him. He had dinners with people. He did all of these things, but all of those things were oriented around the mission of heaven. The mission of heaven is that we would love God with everything that we are, and that we would love others in the same way. It's really not that complicated. We just make it uber complicated, right? And so today... As we're talking about this, this space and this mission we're on, we've set seven things that kind of help us as a church to calibrate what that culture looks like. And we're going to throw them up on the screen here real quick. Can we put the seven up? There they are. 
And we call these our we statements. They're out in our lobby. They're on the website. They're in our app. They're all over the place. How many of you guys even knew that they were out there? Like five of you. Oh, we got a few more than that. Okay. This is what helps for us to understand who we are and where we're going. Okay? And so when we talk about this, we've done, done the first couple here. We live in radical faith. So as the people of God, we want our lives to, to be marked by faith. We love people. Emily taught us on that a couple weeks ago. Zach talked last week about obey. Today we are doing, we live to worship the king. Everybody say, we live to worship the king. One more time, we live to worship the king. I want you to take just a moment here. We've been doing this every week. This is a really good exercise for us. And I want you to think about that statement right there. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds. Just the first thing that comes to your mind when it says that we live to worship the king. Give you about 10 seconds just to think of what does that mean to you? When you, when you hear that phrase, we live to worship the king, what does that mean to you? All right, now here's what's going to happen. Now you get 90 seconds, a whole minute and a half, to talk to the people that are around you about that. I want you to share with them what your thoughts are. It doesn't have to be super spiritual. Please don't pretend to be spiritual. Like, just, just look at the statement. What does that mean to you? What, is, what does that kind of look like? We've got a, a little background going here, and you guys just got 90 seconds to just take a minute. Ready, go. People next to you, you can do it. We live to worship the king. What does that mean to you? Hey, for those of you that are joining us online, I want you to just take a second and think about that. What does it mean to you to live to worship the king? What does that kind of look like maybe from a daily standpoint? What does that look like in relationships with friends? Take just a moment and think about that. Come on now, 90 seconds. We're probably down to about 45 now. Oh, I was wrong, 55. Got lots of time. Lots of time. Share your heart in this. We live to worship the king. Man, lots of good conversations going down here. Come on, you got about 20 seconds left. Don't leave anything unsaid now. You may never get to talk to that person again. Nice. All right, all right. Sounds like you guys had some good conversations around this. I know a lot of us have some ideas on what, what does it mean to to worship the king. What does it mean in that space? And if we had time this morning, I'd draw you into that, but we're going we're gonna to talk here just a little bit of a, a different framework around this. I just want to draw you into this thought. The expression of worship or declaration of worship is actually a pretty simple thing. I'm going to say that again. The, the expression of worship or the declaration of worship is actually really a pretty simple thing. I'm going to give it to you this morning just to kind of keep it simple for us. Here, here it is, that God is king and he's worthy of praise. We are his creation who is created to express that praise to him. I want you to think about that this morning. That God is king and he's worthy of praise. 
I just want you to know this this morning, I'm going to set, set the record straight here, that he's worthy of praise whether we bring it to him or not. He's worthy of praise if mankind was ever even created. He's still worthy of praise. He's the king. And he created us with specific design to express worship to him. I want you to think, a lot of us think our purpose in life is being a you know, whatever your career path is, right? Mine was a paramedic for many, many years. So, so, so my, my purpose was to be a paramedic that went out and helped people in really bad situations. Can I just tell you that was not my purpose? I was created by God. We sang about this morning. Breath was put into your lungs and mine, not so that I could go do a job. That should take a weight off of a lot of you this morning. Breath was not put in your lungs so that you could go earn money. Breath was not put in your lungs so that you could go just do all the fun things that you think you want. Breath was put in your lungs by the creator of the universe so that you could express love and worship to him. Why? Because he's the king and he's worthy. He's the king and he's worthy. I want you to go with me, if you would, into Psalms chapter 47. I'm going to read a couple of passages this morning that just help us to see a picture of what worship is and, and, and why it's there. Um, and then we're going to break this down here in just a few minutes drop back in, then we're going to spend a few moments at the end of our service today in worship with hopefully a new perspective. You guys ready for that this morning? Psalms 47 verses 1 and 2 says this, Come everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise, for the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. This is a declaration of who God is and an invitation for people to live in their purpose. It goes on to say in verses 6 and 7, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. Anybody understand what is being said there? We should sing some praises, at least according to Scripture. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. Now that seems very simple when we read that, doesn't that? Now, and, I, and I know this is just one of the expressions. I know some of you are going, well, well, Tim, we know that worship is not just the songs we sing at church. 100%, we'll get to that in just a second. Hold on. But worship and praise are something that we are called to by God in community and individually in our lives. And the Scripture clearly tells us what that looks like. Sing, shout, Clap. I know, Tim, but it makes me so uncomfortable when that person next to me shouts. Why? No, I'm just asking you a question this morning. Why? Why would it make us uncomfortable when somebody lifts their hands or claps or shouts or sings or dances? Why, why would that make us uncomfortable? I'm going to help you this morning because we're not willing to do it, and they are. When we think of a king... When we think of the creator of all things, God, he is worthy of our praise. And so scripture gives us this beautiful picture of kind of what that looks like, guys. And can I just be real? I know it makes, it tweaks us a little bit. I know there's parts of us that are like, well, I'm just not a very expressive person. Let me help you. It's not about you. See, worship is about him. And what he's done for us. 
And the very fact that the creator of the universe so loves us and so desires relationship with us that he sent his son Jesus to forgive us of our sins and to bring us into intimate relationship with him. It's not about how I feel. It's not about if I like the music. It's not about if I like shouting, clapping, singing, dancing. It's not about any of those things. It's about my heart going, God, thank you for who you are. That's worship. And I can feel, I feel the tension in here this morning. Some of you are like, we should have not come to church today. I knew it. Honey, I told you, you are exactly where you need to be this morning. Come on, you're exactly where you need to be. And there's something that the Spirit of God wants to renew in our minds. There's some repentance for us that needs to take place. And I'm just, I'm just tugging you into that space just here a little bit. Come with me. Come on now. I know I offended some of you but I'm going to offend you even more. So hold on. You guys ready? <laughs> Psalms 100, one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. I want you to listen to how this worship is expressed here. Psalms 100, verse 1, it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. This space where it says all the earth is actually translated people. We think of it as, oh yeah, the trees and the rocks and the waves and because that just makes us feel way more comfortable, right? Like they can do that. No, 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 no. Here's, here's what this saying. Make a joyful noise. All the earth, all people on earth were created by God to make a joyful noise to him. Can I just tell you this morning, I've sat around some of you guys in singing and you've had to sit around me as well. We don't always sing on key. Just being real. Come on. Some of us couldn't find it if it was like right in front of us. Scripture doesn't say sing on key. It says make a joyful noise to the Lord. So here's the beauty of the heart of God. It's like us as parents. When we see our kids and they make this crazy art project and they're like, Dad, do you love it? I'm like, what is it? Like, I don't, I, yes, I mean, I love it. Right? This is the heart of God. When he hears us, expressing love and adoration to him. Can I, can I just tell you the delight that it brings to his heart? It could be completely off key, off rhythm, off everything. But if it's from your heart to him, it's the most beautiful sound in his ears. We have made worship into a production. God wants worship to be the overflow of our heart of love to him. And that's going to look and sound a lot different than what a lot of us expect it to be like. He goes on to say, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. I need to say that again this morning. You've got to know that the Lord, He is God. If nothing else brings us to a place of worship, that statement right there is enough. He is God. But listen to this. It is He who made us, and we are His. In case there was any lack of clarity there, we belong to Him. You didn't make you. I didn't make you. He made you intentionally with beautiful design. And it goes on to say, we are His people and the sheep of His pastor. Enter into His gates with what? thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Listen to this. For the Lord is good 
His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Yeah, but Tim, there's bad things that happen in life. Yes, there is. And God is still good. Tim, you don't understand what I wrestled through this week. You wouldn't be able to praise either. Listen, I understand hardship. I understand loss. I understand grief. There's not a person that journeys in this life without it. Why is that? Because of sin. And we get to come before a perfect God who loves us and has made a way for us through that difficulty. And the only thing that sees us through that difficulty, that pain, that grief, is not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, although they can be helpful, is not like the latest self-help book, those things can help. But the only thing that gets us through those moments is when we praise Him. When we look at Him and say that you are God, I am not, you're worthy of my praise. God, this moment sucks. It is hard. I don't like what's happening here, but you're worthy of my praise. God, I, I, don't, I don't even understand. I can't even put words to what's going on here, God, but you are worthy because you're God. See, that's the place that worship originates from in our lives. And, and the word that we see in Psalms 100 used over and over and over and over and over again is Lord. Lord, I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 10. I want you to see the parallels that's going on here. Romans chapter 10. You guys still with me this morning? Okay, get ready because we're going to jump back into worship here. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is... Oh, that was weak. Let's try that again. If you openly declare that Jesus is... Oh, now you guys are here. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. So there's the faith component right there. But listen, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. The public declaration that Jesus is Lord of your life is actually what leads you into salvation. Come on, I want you to hear this this morning. Because many of us have been sold an American gospel that says... You just need to receive him as Savior and friend. And I'm not saying that he is not your Savior or your friend, but he is first and foremost Lord. And Scripture makes it very clear here that if we don't acknowledge him as Lord, then we have not entered into salvation. we got one guy back there that's in this message. Come on now, church. I'm calling you to a place of maybe changing the way that we think about some of the things that we think about. Because if we are to call Him Lord, this is why the worship that went up before Him, they constantly called Him Lord. Let me help you show you, I want you to see what worship looks like in heaven right now. Because if we are to be the people that worship Him, I want you to understand what's going on in heaven. Revelations chapter 4 verse 11, here we go. I actually read this to you last week, it was a sneak peek for you. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it says, You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Here's the reality of what's going on in heaven. 
the angels that surround the throne of God, that see him constantly day and night and night and day, they are bowing before him saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And they're saying these words right here, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Go read Revelation chapter 3 and 4. Go look at them. Everybody hates the book of Revelations. It's the greatest worship service on the planet. We think like there's some really cool bands out there. I want you to know what's going on in heaven makes all of that look like a joke. It's a feeble attempt to what's happening in heaven. And this is what's taking place here is there's this declaration about his lordship first and foremost. You, O Lord, are God, and you receive all blessing and honor and glory and power. But there's the declaration of his lordship first and foremost. And I tell you, I think that's what we're missing in a lot of our worship is that we don't declare his lordship. Let me give you a little little aha moment for you here today. The word Lord is used over a hundred times in the book of Acts. So the book that gives us the picture of what the early church is supposed to look like, the book that gives us the blueprint of how the early church was birthed and what they came out of. The early, early parts of the book of Acts is Jesus being here, sending the disciples out to go do their thing, right? And, and the, this beautiful book that we oftentimes are like, this is the, the core of what the church is. When the church of Acts, those that were closest to Jesus, those that actually walked with him, when they addressed him, they addressed him as Lord. In the book of Acts, the the comment towards Jesus or towards him as friend and savior, twice. So I did a little research because that's what weird pastor people do. We do a little research. And I looked at what was most commonly in our day and age, in our culture, what's the way that we most commonly express who God is, who Jesus is in our life? Do you know know what the, the two most prevalent words were? Friend and savior. You see, we are real comfortable with Jesus being our friend. We are real comfortable with Jesus even being our Savior. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that He's my Savior. But we are not very comfortable with Him being our Lord. Because the word Lord in Scripture means master. Zach said it this week, the one who's in charge. And the reason we don't address him as Lord very often is because there's another Lord in our life. It's us. It's us. And the only thing that changes that in our life is when we begin to lift up worship to him and we see him for who he is and we realize, oh, he's Lord, I am not. The only thing that changes that in our lives is when we get on our knees before God and we worship him for who he is. Because the rest of the time, what we're wrestling with is this tension that's going on inside of us that says, no, I'm actually Lord. I want to make the decisions. I'm a follower of Jesus, yeah, but I'm still going to make the decisions. Those things do not coincide. The reason the Word of God says Lord so much is because it reflects the heart posture to Him. The early disciples who walked with Jesus, who ate with Jesus, who hung out with Jesus, They didn't call him friend. They called him Lord. Because they had seen the work of his hand and recognized his greatness. And church, that's where worship is birthed out of. 
had a little soul-searching moment as we were processing through some of this, and I had to reflect on the worship that we see in our culture today. Now, as a young man, I grew up in the church and grew up around worship, love it, love playing the guitar, love worshiping God. And, and as I went back and started looking at worship and really what is taking place in our culture today, most of Christian music today talks more about us than it does Jesus. Most of the way that we express ourselves to God in this day and age and culture is more about how I feel than His worthiness. And we wonder why our churches have no power, no authority, no substance, because we've traded the glory of God, the awesomeness of who He is, for lights and smoke and awesome sound systems and all of those things, and we've turned the attention away from Him and we've turned it to us. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm over that in my life. I want Him. I want Him to receive the glory and honor and praise that He's worthy of, church. I know that there's, there's some things inside of me that need to change in the way that I approach God. That He is God, the creator of the universe, Lord of all things. And yes, He is my friend, and I'm so grateful that Jesus is my Savior but he is first and foremost Lord, worthy of my worship and adoration and praise. Amen? And it's a challenge that we live in in this space today because we need to see God rightly for his work. And this is the dichotomy that we wrestle with in our culture today. We have the most biblically illiterate culture of all times, yet we have access to more information about God than any other time in history. The reason why our hearts aren't oriented towards God is because we are taking our cues from who God is based off of everything else other than His Word. And I just want to call a church and a people into a place of repentance before God. Now, I, I, am, I, I, want, to, I want to say this as well. I am so grateful for the heritage of worship that we have here at River Valley. For generations, we have had people lead us into the presence of God. This morning, we experienced it in a very beautiful way. And I'm not saying we are completely devoid. I'm just saying there might be a shift that God wants to do in our hearts to bring us into a place of, of more intimate, more beautiful, more devoted worship to Him because He's the King and He's worthy of it. And this is why we've made this as one of our core values as a church is because we never want to lose the awe and wonder of who God is. And the space where that takes place in our life is where we go to His Word and where we come before Him in worship and we see Him rightly for who He is. And I want to be clear this morning. Worship is not just the act that we do when we come together on Sunday mornings. It's a wonderful, beautiful expression of love to our God. But worship is also expressed from your life and mine in how we work, in how we love our spouses and our kids, how we steward our home and the resources that God's given. Because I just want to remind you, it all belongs to Him. How we serve and love our neighbors, how we set aside time to be with God. And yes, our corporate gatherings of worship together where there's music playing and all of those, those are all expressions of worship to God. And in every one of those spaces, I want you to hear this, 
He's worthy of your worship. So when you're at work complaining about the job that you have, I just want to help you here. You're not worshiping Him. When we're processing through, let's say, a difficult moment with our children, not that that ever happens in our house. When we're processing through those moments with them, how we handle those moments is either an opportunity to bring worship and praise to God or to point it all back to us. And in a culture that is so focused on how you make me feel, I just want to help you to understand that it's leading us into a place of self-worship rather than Him worship. And I am not telling you, please don't misquote me this morning. I am not telling you that your feelings are not important. I'm not telling you that, that we shouldn't process through those in life. I'm just telling you they should not dictate how we interact with one another and how we worship our God. Why? Because He's worthy. He's worthy regardless of how I feel. He's worthy no matter what because He is God. And I said this earlier, I'm going to say it again. Whether I love Him or not does not change His worthiness to be worshipped. Whether I express my worship to Him or not does not change His worthiness. He is worthy all of the time because He's God. He's God. And I'll just be the first to say it. There's a lot about Him I don't understand. There's a lot about this life I don't have answers for. There's a lot of things that I've experienced and hurts and pains that I've seen in other people's lives that I cannot give you the answer for why that took place. But here's what I do know. That the God of all creation is either who He says He is or He's completely fraudulent. And what I've seen and experienced of Him, what I see over history and time and Scripture, and all of these spaces, He is who He says He is. So therefore, what does that mean? That means I get to align my life with the truth of His Word. Not with my feelings, not with my emotions, not with my ups and downs and side-ins and outs and all of those things. I get to align my life with the truth of His Word. Why? Because it has been proven be faithful and true. And so that's the journey that we're on, church. The kingdom of God is being built right here in us. The culture of heaven is being built in your life and in my life. Is it an easy work? No, it's challenging. Is it, is it fun all the time? No, it's not. But it's producing the beauty of heaven right here on earth. That's why Jesus said, your kingdom come and your will be done. Because there's a work that God's doing in each one of us that is transforming us. And I just want you to know I'm in the same space that you're in this morning. I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to come and change the way that I think about worshiping Him. Change the way that I think about approaching Him. And that's repentance. It's a place of just acknowledgement before God. God, I thought I knew about this in this way. But Lord, what your word is really revealing to me is this is more about me than it is about you. And God, I'm just coming to you to repent today. God's not in heaven going, you better repent. That, that's not the heart of God. This is the heart of God. Just come to me. Like, I want to show you what this is all about. I want to reveal to you my love and my care and my passion for you. See, that's the heart of the Father. And that's why we worship the way that we worship. 
not because we're Pentecostal or not because we're this. or We worship Him because He's worthy of it. And His Word gives us the beautiful picture of how to come before Him. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up. And we're going we're to close today in maybe a different way than we close a lot of our services. We're going to take a few minutes. And we're going to ask the Lord to come and recalibrate the way that we think about worshiping Him. Now, I don't know what your background is, and I just want to acknowledge that fully in this room this morning. Maybe you come from a, a more reserved background. They're awesome. They'll start playing music here in a second. I see all your guys' eyes going. I don't know what your background is. I, I don't even know what your philosophy is towards worship and towards God. The only thing I can present to you is the factor that if we are Jesus followers, and we're living on Jesus' mission, then we're going to worship Jesus the way the Scripture teaches us how to worship Him. But in order to do that, the first thing we need to do is repent. It's just say, God, we want to invite you to come and do something in here and in here. God, would you come and transform just the way that we, we think about you? And so here's what I want to do this morning with us. The worship team is going to lead us in a, in a moment here into a song of really, it's just corporate repentance together. We don't do this a lot in this day and age, but when I was a little kid, um, when we'd come to church and we'd be processing through things with God, we, um, we would come forward. We'd come to the altar. We'd just say, God, here I am. Here's the things that I, I feel you convicting me of in my life or challenging me of. Lord, I just want to come do some business with you. So I want to invite you to that today. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me. And, and maybe it's not going to be comfortable for you to come up front. I, that's up to you. I'm, I'm not here to force anybody into anything. But here's what I do know. That repentance is not just a mental assent to a new thing. It is actually the action of our life. Repentance is where we go, God, I, I just recognize I've, I've handled this inappropriately. Maybe my worship before you, God, has been more about me than it is you. God, I like being in my comfort zone. I'm not really comfortable with this space over here. But God, what you invite me to is just to come and be with you. And so we're going to ask the Lord in this moment to just do a repentive work of our heart. We're going to say, God, here we are. We just come before you in humility. And God, whatever you want to change in me, Lord, you're welcome to do so. I'm going to lead us in just a moment of prayer. After I finish praying, I just want to invite you. If that's in your heart today, if you're in your heart going, God, I, I need a change in this area, I just want to invite you to come forward and join me up here. And we're just going to take a few minutes and just repent before God, and the worship team's just going to lead us in a moment of that together. So, Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you that your word is a place of invitation and transformation. And Lord, there's lots of things, Lord, that you're leading us to and through in our lives, Lord, that require a new way of thinking, Lord, to come into a kingdom mindset. And God, today, we just invite you to come and do this work in us, Lord, Lord, that you would change the way that we think, God, about what it is to worship you, the King who is worthy. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, in each one of us in this moment, God, Lord, that you would just draw our hearts closer to you. And Lord, this act of repentance, God, is the place of acknowledgement, Lord, that, that we just need you to change our heart and our mind, God, about this space. 
And so, Lord, we want to return to the heart of worship, Lord. Lord, where it is intensely focused on you, God, and all that you are in your wonder and your splendor and your majesty, God. Lord, where our hearts are captured in the awe of who you are. So, Lord, we just say today, God, come and and do a deep work in us, Lord. Lord, as we choose repentance before you together. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com. Something that's a word that will bless.